everybody. Welcome to Comp Day, the podcast supporting young professionals of color. This is Dre. And I'm like I said, every time I talk to you, I'm happy again to have you on here. And thank you for listening. This episode is going to be a bit different. And it's around being a creative, walking in your passion, and making a way to like make money from it, making coin from your passion, continuing on, having it supplement into your professional life. It's something that's difficult for a lot of people to do. I think a a ton of young professionals of color want to search their passions, want to move forward, want to make money doing it, and also just want to do it full time. But it's something very difficult. I can definitely share my process in starting this podcast when I did not know I would start a podcast even last year, <laughs> like literally six months ago is when I realized I wanted to do this. And it was a scary process, especially to do it alone. But it's it happened and it's happening right now. And it's all possible. And I brought some experts over to support this. Usually we do employee of the day, but we're going to kind of skip that for this episode. We want to really highlight. I want to highlight these individuals. I don't want to lose any time. So I am um, going to allow them to introduce themselves, um, giving their names, their cultural and ethnic backgrounds, and what they do for their professions or, and passions. Ladies first. <laughs> Thank you. Um, hi, guys. My name is Amina Dantzler. Um, I am an artist, a visual artist. I'm a painter. I use acrylic on canvas. And my passion is painting other women and men of color who look and and think like me and, you know, have the same uh, ideas and backgrounds and um, I'm from New York City, born and raised. So that's my cultural black background. I'm a black woman from New York City. Yeah. Is, did I miss something? No, you did it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she's the artist of the actual logo of yeah. Comp Day. So Ooh. you're speaking to her in the flesh today, guys. <laughs> All you. Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Andrew King. I'm a second generation Korean American. Uh, I was born here in Manhattan. Um, kind of jumped around, you know, uh, growing up in Long Island. Um, but, uh, for the most part, Manhattan was home base. Uh, right now I, I do a couple different things. Um, full time, I'm a corporate consultant, um, in the technology division. So, uh, basically I help clients with their HR implementations, um, working with software and data. And on the side, I, compete in professional bodybuilding events, um, kind of fell into that um, after years of working out. And then it uh, kind of opened up a door for fitness modeling, um, currently signed with Wilhelmina Models. Um, and on top of that, I do online coaching for fitness and nutrition. That's me. <laughs> Damn, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you sleep. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Well, I actually met these two wonderful humans at our um, undergraduate. Um, we all went to the same school. Um, they didn't know each other, but I knew each of them in different ways. Mm. Um, so I'm going to start. I think Amina's going to be a bit easier. Oh, what does that mean? Because cause it's like it's not as because <laughs> it's more visual. It's very yeah. easy to like define it by the eye. Okay. What is your passion? And when did you know you wanted to take it to the next level? Okay, so my passion is creating visual art for for my own pleasure, right? When I first started, it was um, a way of emotional release for me. And that was something that I realized was very important to me because, you know, mental health is a, a big part of um, being a healthy person. And the way that I dealt with some of my emotions um, more recently in the past few years was through painting. And um, I realized it was my passion when I couldn't stop doing it. It was all I thought about. I was like, well, I could do this better than a lot of other things. And it's what makes me happy. And I said, okay, let me think about this. Is this something I could do long term? Is it something where like I can make a career out of it? And I said, it's definitely possible. And from there, I was just like, yeah, I'm a painter. I'm an artist and I want to create stuff to inspire other people. 
So it was really a matter of accepting that I already like found my passion once I realized it and being able to say like, I have what it takes to accomplish my goals. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks. Yeah. Andrew, what is your passion? You you do many, many things. <laughs> yeah. And when did you know you wanted to move your passion to the next step? Yeah, so to be honest, I'm still figuring it out. Uh, I feel, I feel, I was actually just explaining this to someone else the other day. Um, I kind of fell into like the corporate side of the world just because, you know, society tells you that you have to, you know, go to high school, get your, get your degree, um, go to undergrad, you know, study, work hard, get a high GPA, and hopefully you get recruited by, you know, whether you're in accounting, business, um, you know, like a top corporate firm. So, you know, I, I, like my parents came over here in their thirties and they're pretty much all about playing it safe. Um, you know, we're always looking at the long-term goal of everything. So for me, I kind of was raised where I needed to find a job that was, you know, sustainable in itself. Um, not, not necessarily it be your passion, but something, you know, you're somewhat interested in, um, so that, you know, you can grow and evolve and, you know, hopefully just grow up, take the, take up the ladder, um, and, and do that. Right. Um, so it wasn't necessarily about following your dreams. Um, like other parents would probably promote, um, uh, for me, it was definitely, you know, finding the safest job out there. Um, you know, something that has benefits, um, for a long time, my dad wanted me to join, uh, the military because, you know, the benefits are insanely good. Um, you know, I thought about it and then I, I got this job offer at my current corporation. So I've stuck with it for about three years now. Um, however, it, it's definitely not my passion. Um, I really enjoy the job. I'm very satisfied, but, um, how I cope with that is kind of having stuff on the side, which is fitness, nutrition, and modeling. Um, I'm very, I, I like, I, f- I feel like I'm gravitating more towards the, the creative side of me, um, day by day. And, you know, I first stepped into, I, like, I've always worked out. I was always into sports, um, grew up playing a wide variety of sports and working out was just rudimentary to me. So, you know, it got to a point where, you know, I sat down and one of my friends was like, Hey, like, what can you make out of this? And I was like, to be honest, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm good enough to, to compete. And he's like, yeah, no, I think you, I think you definitely can do that. So he kind of believed in me before I believed in myself. Um, I was definitely hesitant in joining, um, you know, just entering that side because it's, you know, so unknown to me. And you know what? Like I did a 10 week prep on my body and like, I, I think this was like one of the first times I shocked myself because I completely did something for myself. And the result of that was I literally got first place in that competition. <laughs> nice. <laughs> my first competition, I got first place. So, you know, like all this doubt, all this fear, it just like resided. And I felt like, I mean, like to this point today, I just feel like the more you do things, you know, that you fear, the more you can accomplish. And, you know, I'm passionate about that. Like I'm so like, it it gets me on fire to really find the things that you think you can't do. Like, so any challenge that someone brings upon me like it's just like i think about it and i'm like probably not and then i'm like why not why not and you know that's how i got into fitness nutrition um now modeling and then i also stepped into acting recently so oh, shit. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no um, surprise. you're like a like quadruple threat like <laughs> yeah so I- i'm trying my best and right now it's it's i'm currently kind of in like the crossroads between you know splitting my time between the corporate side um which is a lot right now to handle especially with with the fall season coming um it's it's a new fiscal year for us um and it's also a busy time for modeling because it's it's a new year for them too um everybody's trying to get out their promotions and whatnot so um but yeah in terms of passion like 
I, I think you guys can guess where it <laughs> where it's heading towards. He has a passion for yeah. having passions. Yeah. I love it. That's um, nice. Yeah, go ahead. One thing that I actually really agreed with you about is that um, you know, and I I really felt this is that um, your passion can change and evolve. And when I first started painting, I didn't realize that. So I would have ideas about doing other things, like a like branching out from painting. You know, like teaching about painting and and working with other artists. And for a moment, I was like am I like doing too much? You know, like I said, I wanted to be a painter and I'm not actually necessarily just doing that. But I think it's important for um, <laughs> creatives to not limit themselves because I think that's how you actually put yourself in a rut. You know, you you stop yourself from doing things and growing and expanding. And that's not necessarily like a good thing, like just focusing on one specific thing all the time. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely agree with that. Also, don't be afraid to cough if you are sick. Embrace your sickness. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm like recovering from a massive sickness. Yeah, <laughs> you told me you were dying before. Oh, uh, you're back to yeah. life. You look so, back to life, but yeah, so, embrace it. Don't worry. So yeah, just to give some context, I just came back from like a two and a half week Asia trip. Okay, awesome. And I was I came back just with a massive fever. I was practically dead. But how was the like, trip though? It was amazing. Okay, so, 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 totally so worth it. It looks exactly. amazing on Instagram. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what? Being sick yeah. here is is worth having fun yeah. over there. So I totally 100%. get that. Agreed. But yeah, definitely embrace your sickness. Don't feel mm-hmm. perfect. It's okay. Like mm-hmm. we're normal. We're everyday mm-hmm. people. So if you're coughing, cough. I know you're trying to be perfect. Don't be perfect. <laughs> Don't do it. It's okay. That's the one. That's the only demand I ask you. Do not be perfect here. Be yourself. Okay. Um, Andrew, you a, a couple things resonated with me when you said, um, in terms of like you know you have your parents are immigrants. <laughs> My mom's an immigrant and mm-hmm. just kind of like there's a pressure, at least from her family. And my grandfather's like, oh, when's uh, when Andrew going to be a lawyer? When he's going to... Oh, God, my ex is terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's like, when am I going to be a lawyer, basically, and all this stuff. And like there's this pressure, like I have to do better than everyone else before me. Yeah. And this pressure of... I remember when I was in a phase, I was like, oh, I'm going to sing and I'm mm-hmm. going to do this stuff. And they were like, the fuck not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what you're going to do is pay these bills yeah. and make money and like not... Um, we don't care about your dreams and your what you like to do. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, y'all mean. <laughs> at, but at the same time, I think you have another layer in which you are um, an Asian man. Yeah. And there's a strong pressure in society for Asian men to... Um, one, to be overperform as a... To be a model minority and to specifically be very white collar and not to deviate from mm-hmm. a specific like stem fields in certain field in business and there's that weird layer but at the same time they're like oh we don't want to see an asian man as the boss but they want to see asian men work within these um areas but i think you did something very different that you really dared to break your own path and say i can do this thing but mm-hmm. i can do this other thing just as well and kind of do it on my own and not really subscribe to everyone else's definitions of who i am yeah and you named a lot of doing things for yourself for the first time can you name a bit more about some of the sacrifices that you had to make to make your passion priority number one <sighs> yeah no, that's a great point. Um, by the way, I tend to ramble, so if I just that's okay, you know, be yourself. Get off focus. Just just bring me back. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, that's a great that's a great question. So obviously, society plays a huge role um, on everybody, right? Um, especially in New York City, the pressure is so immense. Um, like I firsthand dealt with that pressure growing up i mean i have a i have a two-year-old not two-year-old i have a brother who's two years older and i'm telling you he's a he's an absolute genius um he's currently in the finance world he's a he, he works in private equity so you know elementary middle high school it's he's killing it like a's all around me on the other hand um not so good in academics but you know excelling at sports so you brought a non-a to an asian household yeah (laughs) so so yeah i mean my brother ended up you know going to nyu stern um and georgetown and then you know like he really excelled so my parents were super proud of him and it's hard to kind of make your parents proud when um you know like when your brother is absolutely killing it on the academic side which is you know like the like the heavy like the area where parents 
want to see their kids excel at most, right? Um, and then me on the hand, like, you know, pretty average, um, not really causing any trouble, but, you know, excelling at sports and, you know, really just focusing on that. And it's not like they believe I was going to be in the NBA or like NFL. Um, so I really grew up trying to figure it out. Um, and to this day, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I do have a much better focus and more clarity on where I want to head. Um, so, you know, I was just telling you about, you know, my friend believing in me and, you know, competing in bodybuilding events and, you know, an area that I thought wasn't possible is, you know, like so visible to me now. And during those 10 weeks for my first competition prep, there was a lot of sacrifice. I mean, like I was still holding on to my corporate job. Um, you know, I was, everybody thinks, everybody has this perception that, you know, to obtain a good body, all you're doing is just spending your time at the gym. 100% it is not. It is all about heavy, I would say it's an 80-20 split between nutrition and fitness. So, you know, all my time was meal prepping, you know, because I essentially do a diet that's called IIFYM, if it fits your macros. Essentially, you're weighing all your foods, um, hitting a certain calorie, protein, fat, carb, uh, by the gram per day. Um, so, you know, if you're constantly weighing your food, you know, doing all this cooking, meal prepping, you know, going to the gym, um, meeting up with your coaches to learn how to pose, um, it, it takes a lot of, lot of your time. And, you know, obviously I have to sacrifice, you know, nights going out with the friends. Um, you know, obviously my mom lives in Queens, my dad lives in Jersey, and I have a brother who lives in Hell's Kitchen. So, you know, between those three areas, it's it's kind of difficult to see them often. Um, I mean, but they understood. They understood I wanted to do this for myself. And so, you know, in terms of, like, receiving support from friends and family, they all understood, uh, which was great. Um, but obviously, there was a lot of sacrifice. Um, you know, like, I typically like to go out on the weekends and, you know, have a couple of drinks. But, you know, during the times of dieting, you're, every drink you take is, you know, kind of one step backwards. So you, this was like the first time I actually had to commit to something and, you know, go, go like 110% at it. Um, that That's one sacrifice right there, just, just based on, you know, bodybuilding competitions. Um, but yeah, like it, 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 as much as it excited me, um, it definitely took a toll on my work performance. Um, you know, when you're constantly dieting down, um, you you tend to lose a lot of energy. Um, definitely closer to the weeks of your competition, just because you're in such a big caloric deficit, you're trying to look absolutely shredded for these competitions. Um, so, I mean, how I kind of cope with that was... A lot of caffeine <laughs> and, you know, just trying to, I mean, as as cheesy as it sounds, just like focusing on why you're doing it. Um, yeah, that's, that, that, that's one example. No, the, the focus part, like refocusing and remembering and reminding mm-hmm. yourself, like, why am I doing this? Because mm-hmm. it is easy to like forget why you're doing it and be like, oh, I just want to yeah, like stop for a moment. Yeah. Especially those like late nights when you're just like so exhausted yeah, in the yeah. daytime. I mean, for me, it's, it's always at night. Like right when I'm about to go to bed, uh-huh. I'm just like, like, like you start so thinking tired. really like, deep. Do I really want to do this? <laughs> and then like I get a night's rest. I'm like, yeah, fired up. Yeah. Um, what would you say you've sacrificed to, um, to move your passion to the next step? So definitely, definitely time. I can agree with Andrew with that. And mm-hmm. then, um, also, obviously, I'm not a uh, first generation, you know, child, but my family does set those same expectations. And I will say that um, I've always been somebody who doesn't really care what people think, even if it's like my loved ones, you know, like, I love you. I appreciate you. I hear you. But I'm going to like just be me. That's just me naturally. But for me, the most important <laughs> thing that I would say I sacrificed was being comfortable because um when you're trying to accomplish your goals and you're doing new things, it it requires a lot of stepping out of your comfort zone and, and, you know, experiencing things for the first time. So like, I'm sure you can agree at like your first competition, you might've been completely confident, but you still were new to that experience. You know, you've never walked in that room before. Mm -hmm. You don't know what 
how things are going to play out. You don't know a lot of people. And like when I walk into a gallery or an art event, it's like, okay, do I understand like the art on the wall? I'm trying to like look cool, but like what's actually going on? I don't know anybody. And I tend to like, I tend to just go places, you know, like whether or not I have a friend with me or not, or know somebody there. I want to always be stepping out of my comfort zone so that I'm always like accomplishing new things and learning new things. You know, like that's really how you meet people. People say networking, but that takes a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, I don't know, courage to, you know, like go meet people and be like, Hey, it's me. Like I'm here, you know? So I definitely say stepping out of my comfort zone, even as a person who's pretty confident is, um, a big sacrifice. Cause you could easily say like, Oh, well, my friends aren't here with me today, or I've never been there. You know, you start to like self-sabotage and it can become a habit. So definitely like not doing that and just, going like full swing like at something nice in terms of um you mentioned time Mm -hmm. and when i started doing this podcast and my regular work life yeah god is time (laughs) and you guys both um have been doing this kind of like this outside of your regular jobs doing Mm -hmm. following your passions way longer than i have how do you manage your time like um google calendar (laughs) (laughs) a planner and do you feel like you're missing out on things like is there something because there's a cost benefit you know analysis on everything you're doing like so when i'm in the studio i'm missing out on time to do a ton of other things but i do love being here yeah so like what things do you feel like you're missing out on if any and how do you manage your time with the kind of crazy schedules like andrew is all over the country yeah. half the time on Instagram. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you look oh on your God. story and you're like, where, yeah. where, where is he? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, God damn. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I thought you were over there, but you're not really, but you're over here. Like, oh, I'm confused. Oh my God. Like, yeah. And it's just a lot. It's it's hard. See, I'll let you guys, whoever wants to go first on um, time. <laughs> well, I think that number one, the people closest to me, right? My family, my friends, I tell them straight up like, hey, these are my goals and these are what I need to do to accomplish them. And I, I explain to them like the details, like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I love. I'm going to be here on Thursday, here on Friday. And like, you know, I, I just try to like, if I can't like physically see them or be present, I make the time in my schedule to like call them, check in and mm-hmm. be like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Cause mm-hmm. as long as I, I update them, that communications there we're still having that relationship and i i always try to like take a day out the month for like one friend or my mom or my sister's like you know boyfriend whatever just like put it in your calendar and like say hey when can we meet because as much as i want to say like it's always the grind 24 7 it is important to spend that quality time with people who you care Mm -hmm. about right but also setting boundaries for them and yourself and being like hey just so you know these next seven days you might not see me but this is why so i i guess it it's more about like taking accountability and like including them in that you know mm-hmm. i like that yeah a lot it is a lot it's definitely a sacrifice <laughs> but it's a it's worth it you know and the end result like that's why i say like always remind yourself like every day like hey this is why i'm doing this because um as as crazy as it sounds, it is easy to forget why you started doing something, you know, especially when you're like at the, the peak or the climax of accomplishing your goal and you're about to get there. It gets draining, you know, physically, mentally, whatever. It's it's mm-hmm. definitely tiring and that can lead you to like self-sabotage. So you have to be like, hey, we're almost there. Like you got to like be your own best friend and like talk to yourself in your head. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, no, I I like how you brought up, like, making the time. Um, I feel like so often, you know, these days, everybody's like, no, I can't do that. I don't have time. B.S. Like, you you know you have the time. It's just not a priority. Um, And that's cool. Like, Like, I mean, I get it. Like, you know. It's like, like, what would you rather have someone tell you, like, hey, I don't have time to make it, or hey, you're not a priority. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, but in terms of 
for me, um, in terms of time management, I think it's always, it's a skill that I've always been generally good at. Um, you know, people love to talk about, you know, having a planner or using Excel, Google calendars, whatever. Um, I tend to just remember things. Um, and I feel like the, I feel like, I feel like back then I used to stress about like trying to do everything all at once. Um, but now it's more just trusting that everything is going to work in place. Um, and it's been working pretty well for me. I mean, like I, so, so part of my full-time job, I do travel a lot. Um, you know, I'm constantly going out to clients. So last week I was in, um, a small town called King of Prussia in Pennsylvania. I never, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to Russia. They're like, no, you're going to King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, darn. Where's that? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's about like 30, 45 minutes, uh, west of Philly. So typical, Travel schedule is, you know, go out to your client Monday through Thursday, and then they let you fly, fly home or take the train home wherever you are, um, you know, towards Thursday evening so that you have the weekend at home. So obviously this causes a problem when I'm trying to get modeling gigs because I know about castings usually 24 to 48 hours before the actual casting. So I never really know what my schedule is going to look like. Um, and it's hard to choose which days to travel to your client because, you know, you like, obviously they have a whole project management side of the team and they have to kind of figure out resources and cost um, and all that stuff. And, you know, on the other hand, like I have this side gig where I also, you know, receive an income through modeling. Um, and the only way to do that is, you know, booking jobs, but I can't book jobs unless I'm in New York City. So I constantly have to deal with, you know, trying to figure out and you really can't predict which days you're gonna have castings either. So um I, I, I just try to create a you know pretty fair balance between, you know, spending my time at my clients, um also spending some time here at home so that I can actually, you know, um do the things I'm passionate about, such as modeling. So in pushing through your endeavors, did you f did you have mentors present to support you? Andrew, you mentioned earlier mm. you had a friend that really pushed you when it came oh, yeah. to bodybuilding. And Amina, you said your family was really supportive in you going into art and moving forward, or at least I'm assuming. Actually, I have a lot to say about this topic. It was like the one question <laughs> that you sent that I was like, Ugh, I'm gonna like freak out about this. Me personally, right, as a woman of color, this is just my experience, but I'm I almost I'm almost positive a lot of other young black women feel this way. Um, there's not enough mentors for women of color and not just like in the professional world, I'm talking about like in general. And then on a wider scale, right, there's not as many female or women mentors as there as there are mentors for men in general. And I think it's a cycle mostly because like obviously in the past, like more men were like are still dominant in, you know, professional settings and in the professional work world. And so they all like when you're a young man, you usually find a mentor. Like I I know a lot of guys who have mentors who don't even work in the professional world. They just have mentors, you know. And what happens is is that when you grow up and you have a mentor, that kind of like sets the tone for you wanting to one day be someone's mentor. So a lot of guys have mentors growing up and then become mentors, right? It's kind of just something that happens naturally and it's a cycle. Whereas with women, I feel like women don't have as much opportunity to have mentors or at least maybe if there are a lot of women mentors out there, they're not easy to find, right? So I just feel like it's very hard to find a mentor specifically as a woman of color to find a mentor who is another woman of color doing exactly what you do or something very similar. So that's another reason why I kind of do what I do, which is not just paint pictures, you know, like pretty women. I paint images to capture people's attentions. I want other people, specifically people of color, to see my work and be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I need to contact her. I need to give this to somebody as a gift. Like, I want people to talk about what I create so that 
one day somebody reaches out to me and I can be someone's mentor or I can find a mentor, you know? Um, it's to- This is a topic that's like always been on my mind since I was in like college or like right before I started college. Um, it's really hard, you know? And it's not something people talk about a lot about in terms of women, not just black women, but in terms of women in general. Like, I don't know. Do you know a lot of women mentors? I have a few, but um, but they're less like. Please than men. tell me. Like, I actually, do yeah. Okay, like <laughs> no, please talk about it. Oh, but but wait, you said women of color though. Yeah. Yeah. I have women yeah. of color mentors, like, but very few. I have very much fewer women of color mentors than men. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the natural cycle of things, whether it's my yeah. work life, um, there's just been more access. Do you know if they mentor other women? Definitely. Okay. I know one that does. Definitely um, mentors other women. Um, she was part of, oh God, what is that thing called? 90 Second Why? It's like a, um, mm-hmm. it's a program specifically for women executives to support other women. And it's like a um, fellowship program. And okay. yeah, she specifically does mentor other women um, as well. Yeah. And even right now, it's like I'm slowly finding out about a lot of other outlets for specifically women of color you know like obviously we need outlets for people of color in general but then with our specific um ethnicities we need those outlets too like you know social media platforms and blogs and podcasts right that talk about specific um uh what is what do you call it like i don't know specific uh encounters and and you know about groups as specific people of color and um where was i going with that about mentorship. Yeah, like and um having access. I'm I'm slowly finding a lot more opportunities and like outlets for that, but even still I feel like we're not unified enough to where it's easily accessible. And that is another thing. So like sure there might be a lot of black women of color color who are mentors, but are they easily accessible, you know? And that's the the hard part is making it something where like a girl from where I'm from, I'm from Jamaica, Queens, right, can be like, okay, one day I'm going to grow up, I'm going to graduate uh, high school, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to find a mentor, and she's going to give me advice and coach me and tell me things I need to know. Like, it is this idea of being, like, a struggling artist or, like, figuring everything out for yourself. It's, like, romanticized. It Sometimes you, you really have to grow up and you find your passion and you're like, okay, I'm the first person doing this. I might not have a mentor, but there's definitely places where you get inspiration from, right? But for a lot of people, they know that they generally want to be like a doctor or a model, right? Or anything. And there's not easy access to mentors, especially from like places where I'm from, you know? thank you for sharing um definitely that's something that i think a lot of listeners need to hear yeah like if you have knowledge on a specific topic even if you're not a professional about it go find some kid or somebody who's close in age to you and talk to them (laughs) because that's all you really have to do you know like consistently talk to somebody about their goals and dreams yeah so how about you, Andrew? Did you feel like you had um, mentors? I mean, you do multiple things. So um, I'm sure you have probably mentors in some ways and then they're not as visible in other ways. But um, yeah, I would love to hear your experience. Yeah, 100%. Um, I do have mentors. Um, they're kind of dispersed, but, you know, different mentors for different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do have, you know, one of my best friends He's he's a bit older. He's definitely more knowledgeable on more of like the creative side of things. Who's kind of pushed me to you know actually f- like do the things I'm passionate about, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like my corporate job, you know, where w- once you roll on, you have something called a career counselor. So that's someone you know you can just go to any time of the day and you know ask for advice or you know just speak on literally like any subject you want. Um, so that, so my career counselor has been very good to me. Um, we're very close. So we, we definitely formed this relationship where we can be transparent. Um, in terms of 
the fitness side of things, um, I, I, I kind of find inspiration with everybody I meet, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I've changed so much over the past three years um, since graduating college because growing up it was always like you know you know you know like that uh that term like no new friends <laughs> like, <laughs> you were one of those you were like, like singing I hate, a song. To, I hate to admit it but i was definitely like one of those guys where i'm just like <laughs> where i was just like like i don't need anybody like i can do everything myself and that's what that's where i was so wrong because you know like so many times i thought i could you know juggle so many different things and like be everywhere at once and just do everything myself. And, you know, I kind of gain fulfillment, you know, doing like taking being, that approach. Being independent. Um, right. And yeah. it, it's like life is so not that. Yeah. It's so not that. Like, so like, you know, after meeting so many different people, you know, kind of branching out from like the normal group of friends I hang out with, I was like, I was astonished at, on like how much more like, different people can offer and that's what i mean by like finding inspiration everywhere i go um like especially in new york city you're never going to know who you run into right um like for example like i i just stepped into one meeting at church and i met this guy who who was like a life coach and just just like speaking to him was like already life-changing i it's it's too long to explain um but anyways yeah i back to the point i do have mentors uh you know for specific purposes and um although it's not you know although i there's no asian american mentor out there in my life currently um i you know I think this is back to my like ego. I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna pioneer this. Right? <laughs> no, no, but that's it's, not it's, that's not egotistical. Yeah. That's like that's positive. It's that's really like, good. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll take do, that. Wait, approach. do you do I, you mean I, do you mean being a mentor or do you mean like doing it on your own in a sense where like you go no, out? No, it's find more your like it's more like hey, like I have no, I've like I don't have any Asian American people to look up to right uh-huh. um especially like you know me stepping into acting like like i could go on for days talking about you know asians in hollywood yeah that's it's a big of, issue because there, right. there is a lack a, of especially asian men are right. not represented yeah. but you know but asian Seriously. men showed up recently on insecure but uh-huh. that's one that's one of very few it's not asian okay, men but are see, just it's not just like oh my god look there's one right but it should it's be like way a more. cameo in right. the freaking show like anyway, a one at time episode yeah. you should have a reality in which you can look at it's normalized to see yourself 100%. And yeah, I feel like this is a topic that, you know, I, I, I talk about with a lot of people. Um, don't worry. I'm going to have an episode just about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I have one. Yeah. Com- yeah. Just about that. Probably next year. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Just bringing back to that point. Like, although I don't have, you know, someone like growing up, uh, there was like no specific Asian American, you know, man that, I could look up to, um, you know, I do find inspiration everywhere I go and the people I meet, um, I feel like everybody has something to offer and, you know, it's, it's your job to kind of find that and receive it. Um, recently one of my best friends introduced me to this guy named Charles Melton. He's a Korean American. Mm -hmm. Um, he's in a show called Riverdale. Oh, okay. I don't watch it, but I know about it. Yeah. He's a, yeah, really popular show. Um, and he just got casted onto this new movie called, uh, I don't want to butcher it. It's like, The Sun is Also a Star. So, I mean, like, oh just, just take a look at him. Which, like, he, which, yeah, he's like uber famous. <laughs> yeah. So I had the pleasure of meeting him and, oh, you know, like, he, I think he's like a year older than I am. And I was just like having a normal conversation um you know he was talking to me in korean his korean is actually better than mine and he's he's half um so we were just talking and i was like i was like dude this guy is so normal like <laughs> like, how, like how did he make it like i thought you know i had this perception that like you have to be so like insanely nice good looking or like <laughs> insanely you know hilarious or charismatic i was like this guy is so normal like like oh he can do it like why can't i and that feeling you know? feels good when you see exactly. you can finally it's different when you finally see someone who looks like you yeah and their path and you're like oh oh shit, i can i can be here i can really do yeah. this like 
And he actually like got a DM, and this girl was messaging him saying, "Hey, like I really want to be an actor, but you know I work so much, so I don't really have time. Like, do you have any advice?" And he was just like, "Just act." Yeah. And, you know, I feel like oftentimes we find so many excuses to you know actually stepping into what we really. Want to do or think we want to do, but we don't do it. So I, you know, that advice just like resonated with me really hard, and it was just like, if you re- if you really want something, you're, you're gonna, gonna go after. Yeah, it. you're gonna That's figure so out just, how so to just get do it. it. Yeah. But you know, speaking of excuses and going back to the mentorship thing, I say all that about the mentoring, but but at the same time, I do feel like it's important to understand that like. No one's going to give you experience, not even a mentor, except for yourself. So, like, even though you you might feel like, because I felt like this before where I was like, I don't know what to do. You do kind of have to just go and do it. And that's the one thing that I'll say you can't make excuses for is yourself. Because if you really want something and you want to get better at it and improve, you really have to do it consistently. Maybe maybe every day, maybe every other day, but it has to be consistent. And I and when I say like doing things, I mean going out to places, meeting people, mm. practicing, going to the gym, sitting down and painting, you know, reading that that book you love so one day you can write your own great book, like starting a podcast and researching and then finding the place and coming back and being like, Okay, I have the deposit. I'm ready to like start my podcast, you know, like it's really about how much effort you put into something. That's really what makes it happen and work. That's a fact right there. Like like when 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 I first joined my corporate job, um obviously there were tons of things I didn't know how to do and you know like I was like when is the right time to ask my manager like <laughs> hey like I like how do you do this? Um so so obviously <laughs> One time I went to my manager and I was like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you show me how? And he goes, figure it out. No. And that those three words haunted me for like the next year and a half because that was the response I would automatically get every time I used to go to my manager for like a fresh question. So it was just like, hey, like, how do you do this in Excel? Uh, Andrew, figure it out. So how and did you figure I'm like, it out? I'm like, I, I'm like, can you? Can you like Give me instruct a, me? Like, can you guide me? A like, clue. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, oh crap! Like, I gotta figure it out. And you know, like, you know, being in consulting, it's always about resolving a client's issue. So you're always on the back end. You're never like on the fo- on, on like the front end. Like prior to joining like the tech consulting life, I was always I always tried to ha- have it like figured out before. And like, you know, finish my assignments way early on so I don't have to worry about it, you know, in the meantime. Um, but being on the consulting end, it's always how do you fix or resolve a current issue? So you're always like time limited and you really have to use your brain to to really just figure out and create a solution to whatever the client's problem is. So, you know, and I feel like that's that's. He's, he was testing I, you. He was I, like, figure out your own issues, yeah, and then you can yeah. figure out your own issues. I, I, I hate that, though. <laughs> I, I hate when people tell you to figure it out in some sense, just because it's like, there is a way to not coddle me, but to guide me, yeah. but to also make me responsible for myself. And when you basically look at me and tell me, just figure out on your own, and it's like, especially when you're so new, I think it's yeah. easier. But yeah, I mean, there was a difference. It's not like, go figure it out by yourself. It's figure it out. It's very, it's a ve- like, if you really think about it, it's a very broad um, explanation because, you know, you can do whatever you want to figure it out. So what I did was, you know, my, my narrow focus was, oh my God, I have to do this by myself. The broader way of thinking about it was, you know, who are different resources in my company that I know that can help me? And I, you know, going back to that discussion about, you know, trying to figure it out yourself and making your own way. That's that's like step number one into figuring out that it's not solely on you to figure it out. Like you can ask for help and that's, you know, that's how I made it today, mm-hmm. you know, asking for help and, you know, putting my ego aside and, you know, just really reaching out directly and being clear to the people that I need help from. Yeah. So I think this is a good space to kind of pivot to the last question and you guys kind of mentioned some things 
that you experienced in your journey to where we are here today, what is something that you, what's a piece of advice you would give to your former self when you were starting on this, on your journeys? Just one, just the first thing that comes to mind. This is like the hardest question that, cause I've been thinking about it and I I won't do the, the, the classic, oh, well, I'll, I would do it all over again. I would definitely tell myself to be more realistic because right the 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 talent is there, the drive is there, the passion is there. And like for the most part the focus is there, but a lot of the times so working in hospitality, which I've been doing for the, the past few years, um they tell you when you're talking to a guest or anybody in the service industry to underpromise and over um Exactly. And a lot of the times people don't tell themselves to do the same thing. You should be more realistic when you're setting goals. So like, what do I want to accomplish today in the short run or within the next week or month? A lot of the times when people think about their goals, they only think about them in the long in the long run. And they fall short on the the now part, like the short term goal. Like, what can you do today and tomorrow? And in this present moment to to get better and accomplish more next month, next year, you know, people are like, oh, I want to do this. And then that's the end of the goal. Like the goal is just like accomplish A, but without telling you that you have to do parts one, two, three and mm-hmm. four and five, you know. So I definitely would tell myself to consistently set more realistic goals because my goals are realistic, but they're not good for always the present moment so definitely that Mm. okay yeah and how about you andrew yeah no that that's a great point i mean mine's pretty similar um i kind of have two pieces of advice i just thought of the first is to not worry about it um not worrying about figuring it all out um because you know life is a journey and you're not gonna like you're not gonna know what you have or what you're about to get um, all in a day's notice. So just continue focusing on the stuff that you're passionate about, um, and stop comparing yourself to people. So that's, I guess that's, I could speak about comparing yourself. Like, <laughs> Instagram. So we don't got that much time though. <laughs> oh like. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So d- just don't worry about it. You know, just continue investing in yourself and really just believe that every day that you work towards your goal, um, it's it's slowly adding up onto the bigger picture. Um, and then the second piece of advice I would give is um, do something that scares you every single day, whether that be, you know, talking to a stranger or taking a cold shower. <laughs> that used to scare me. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, because the like the more often you step out of your comfort zone and do the things that scare you, the more like, this is going to sound cheesy, but the more invincible you're going to kind of feel. And, you know, you, like you're like you, you were just invincible speaking, was a good word. You like you were just speaking about like setting realistic expectations. Um, and I feel like the more often you do the things you fear, the higher your expectations will become, you know, um, kind of like, you know, prior to me competing in bodybuilding, my expectation was extremely low. Like the bar was set very low. Um, however, like the more I went out there stepping on stage, the higher that bar raised in terms of realistic expectations. So I, I won first place in my first two shows. And then obviously that going to the third show, I, I knew, I knew what the competition was. I knew the layout. I had more experience. So obviously I'm not expecting anything less then first then, place. Not necessarily first place. I was still being real. <laughs> I, I know I know it's still a competition. No, so he's, I know, he's gonna so win I was first like, place I was again, like, guys. I was like top three or nothing. Yeah. I was like definitely I need top three. You know? And you know, prior to that, like wh- like prior to the first show, you know, like I, like like I mentioned, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what where I was gonna place. So yeah my second piece of advice is do something that scares you every single day. Um, I mean, my, mine was a very specific example, but you know, 
I'm pretty sure, like, if you ask anybody who's successful in what they do, they didn't do it by being in their comfort zone. Um, wow, this sounds so obvious, but like, it's so true. No, like, it's, it's no. so true. People need to <laughs> like, hear this. The basics like, are the most important part of any foundation, like, right? It's so, like, it's so redundant, yeah. but it's so true. Like, go out there and just do the shit that scares you, <laughs> like, really scares you, like. Things that you've never even done before or thought about even doing, and do them well. Well, the first time, don't even. Yeah, stick. the I first mean, time like, you, it might be a fuck up. <laughs> it's just, it's just don't like again. My first point: don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about doing well. Just do it. Just, just freaking do it. Nike. And don't, don't <laughs> like, like the fear is always gonna going to be there. there today. The fear is always <laughs> going to be there, but just do it. Because if not, then you have what you already have. And I'm pretty sure you're not happy about that. So that's my, <laughs> this two, guy. That's my two pieces of advice. Like, uh, yeah. Well, As I'm he flexes there. his muscles. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you both for, um, for joining me on this journey today. I really appreciate the time um, for sharing something that is very intimate to both of you. I really appreciate that, especially on this platform. And I've always um, value this moment. Also, thinking thinking outside the box, I thought about a little, um, just an idea, collaboration moment for you two. Mm-hmm. Sip and paint. Andrew's a model. Can you draw Pe- me naked? People can draw. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. And, and ladies you will pay money. You want a live drawing, sip and paint? Yeah, people would pay. People would pay. He I'm found shocked. People would pay. I'm shocked. Wait, what would I do? You'd, you'd you would, stand there. Well, you're a model. You would model in clothing or if you want to, you would make more <laughs> wait, money. Wait, wait, time out, time out. You're going to host an event. I didn't say I was hosting. <laughs> I said you can collaborate. He said us. Oh, so, I said so y'all should have set us up. This I is said, because she does sip and paints before. And I can see that making a lot of money. Andrew's like, I want to like pose. I've never heard of like a live uh, model sip and paint. So there's something there. And he's not white. That shit is <laughs> mad money. <laughs> See, He's trying to magic Mikey right yeah. now. You guys can make mad money. No, you can wear clothing. It doesn't matter. You can have clothing on. I'm not saying you have to be naked. I never said that. Those were all your words. I just said that he's a model, so people can paint him, and you can like do the coordinate the sip and paint. Interesting. Make some money. You know, drink alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Collaboration. I See? hear. I hear the. Concept. And you've heard what Issa Rae said. Asian men, black women make magic. <laughs> Did Hashtag Blasian. Let's go. Yeah. Wow. So y'all can really make some money out here and some real collaboration. But all right. So <laughs> we're over our time, but I appreciate you both yeah. here today. Um, thank you guys. And we're going to clock out. Peace. Bye. <laughs>